Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The full number 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. Glad to have you with me. So, Al Franken. Yes, Al Franken. There's a picture circulating. It is of a, well, woman who's a now a morning talk show host down in L.A., asleep there on a USO tour, and he's reaching forward as if he's grabbing her chest uh, as she sleeps. And he has come out and said it's it's something he shouldn't have done. He doesn't recall the details. He's very sorry. He made the woman feel uncomfortable uh, and he deeply apologizes. It is being, um, it's, it's being referred to the Senate ethics committee. Democrats, of course, are not seeing reporters rush into their offices demanding to know where they stand. But here's the interesting thing. So he's being defended by some liberals. Because the woman uh, that he did this to appeared in Playboy. She appeared in Playboy. Allegedly, the uh, Lena Tweeden is her name, Leanne Tweeden. Uh, allegedly, this was for some sort of skit or something, and she was posing for the picture. And this is all a setup, and it's all out to get Al Gore. It's all made up. She was in on it, and we can't believe her anyway. She posed for Playboy. Sounds very much like what some people are using to defend Roy Moore. I mean, it is. We can't believe this. The signature's a forgery. This happened so long ago. Even if it did happen, it was in the 70s. Things were different. Al Franken wasn't in the Senate. It was on a USO tour. She asked for it. She participated willingly. It was consensual. I mean, all of these things, all woven together. You lose the moral high ground on one, you're going to lose the moral high ground on the other. There's no consistency except inconsistency in this. And that is part of the problem. Uh, My dear friend Amanda Carpenter, 
And I do say my dear friend, she is just the best. And I'm so happy for her on CNN. Uh, she's a conservative on CNN. Yes, I know. Uh, she was Ted. Cru- she worked for Ted Cruz. She was Ted Cruz's communications director. She worked for the Heritage Foundation. She worked for Jim DeMint. She is the most solid conservative on CNN. She's brilliant. And this is Amanda on Jake Tapper's show this afternoon. Yep, wait, I got to fix the audio here, don't I? Oh, my goodness gracious, here we go. That's my fault. The heartbreaking answer is for as long as he wants because people aren't going to hold him accountable. There is a lesson here. There should be no politics when it comes to sex abuse because for every Clinton, there will be a Trump. For every war more, there will be an Al Franken. And once you've covered up for one, you've lost the moral credibility to hold the other two account. And so nobody has the moral credibility to hold anybody accountable anymore. This is the mess that we're in. And I'm so disappointed in the Alabama Republican Party because this isn't a problem that the Washington Post can solve. This isn't a problem that Donald Trump can solve. The Alabama Republican Party has to decide if they want to have standards for the people that run in their elections. The governor is a woman. She has the ability. She has a toolkit she could use to delay the election. She will not use them. Yep, there's always going to be a Trump for every Clinton, a Roy Moore for every Franken. You you give it on one for the tribe, well, then you lose out on being able to pick the fight on the other one. Um, You know, I I said on on Twitter earlier today that Roy Moore could have learned a lot from the way Al Franken apologized this afternoon, and Al Franken could still resign. Y'all, we've also got the Sylvester Stallone allegations today which are deeply, deeply troubling, Um, accused of forcing a girl, I think 16, to perform acts on him and his bodyguard threatening to smash in her skull if she didn't do it. Um, It's just all of these things are deeply disturbing that are coming out about so many people. Um, It's just a reminder of the cultural rot we have out there. And, you know, I want to say something about that cultural rot. And I don't think it can be said enough, but it is the world that we're in right now. It reminds me of Pontius Pilate. Uh, He's sitting there and he asks Jesus, Kides veritas, what is truth? And it seems like, you know, a lot of you, I hear this all the time when I do live remotes and whatnot. When I, I actually was talking to somebody last night about this. We went up to Roswell for Mark Aram's event and got to talking politics and culture with uh, one of the people there and was saying it just looks like, I mean, the whole Western civilization. It's not just us. It's going kablooey. And, you know, I just think it's not that Western civilization is in decline. It's just that we're reverting to the norm. You know, in the grand history of things, um, Judeo-Christian ethics aren't actually predominant in world history. And it is striking to read the similarities between the Roman Empire and today in the West. I mean, for example, uh, 1% of the Roman Empire controlled the majority of all the wealth in the Roman Empire, just like happens today. In the Roman Empire, uh, there grew a prevailing belief that having too many kids was a bad thing. You wanted enough sons, and of course you needed helping hands, but with the rise of slavery, uh, you were were hurting the empire to have too many children, 
and you could leave them at the dump. That's one of the reasons Christians, I don't know if people know this, it doesn't get a lot of attention. One of the reasons Christians were persecuted and burned alive and thrown to the lions is because they would rescue Roman children from the dumps. That was considered an abortion to drop your kid off at the dump uh, to die. I mean, it seems like we've gone full circle on all this stuff. Uh, even then, eh, with the rise of Christianity in the first century A.D., uh, there was a craze for science. The, the Egyptians had largely determined how far we were from the earth. It's somewhat of a myth to say that everyone thought that everything revolved around the earth because there was actually pretty good scientific evidence that was then forgotten with the fall of the empire that the earth revolved around the sun. Uh, but everybody was into the latest scientific crazes. The myths were actually starting to fall out of favor. Uh, the Greek gods had fallen out of favor well before Jesus. It was kind of imposed on them by Romans to do things. But otherwise, uh, people were in this new craze of science. And what does science say? Uh, the rise of the Gnostics actually forced uh, the, the earliest form of transgenderism. Men needed to conform to women's characteristics. Women needed to conform to men uh, to be essentially unisexual. And uh, there's not a whole lot different than that today. And the thing that we're dealing with now is politics is downstream from culture. Culture is actually upstream from politics, and things in culture flow down to politics. So you can't change Washington to change America. You have to change America to change Washington. And a lot of particularly evangelical Christians involved in politics, they're so focused on sending another sinner to Washington, and they're totally oblivious to actually changing the greater culture. And the culture continues to change them and change their kids and, and bring everybody into tribalism. And you got apologists on both sides. The Democrats defend Clinton. Republicans defend Trump. Democrats defend Al Franken. Republicans defend, defend Roy Moore. The, the truth is irrelevant. What is truth, after all? We get to pick and choose our gender. We get to pick and choose our truth. Truth has given way to the tribe. But, you know, the crazy thing is truth has a way of reasserting itself. It really does. Truth will one day rear its head. You see, Pontius Pilate asked what truth was and wound up nailing truth to a cross and killing it, burying it in a tomb, and then it conquered death and reasserted itself over everything. And that truth is going to come back one day and isn't going to be asking what is truth anymore. It's going to be asking, what have you people done? There's going to be a lot to account for on all sides. While we were in commercial break, do you know what showed up at the office? My iPhone 10. Yes, it did. <laughs> Excellent. I am now, you know, they've got this great new feature now where you can just put your old phone next to your new phone and it transfers everything over of sitting them next to each other. It's very convenient. That's what's happening right now. I want you to know I'm taking one for the team. For you guys, I'm doing this. I wouldn't do it for just anybody, but for my radio listener family, I'm going to go see Justice League tonight for you, and I'll let you know. I, I hear when the reviews say better than Batman versus Superman, worse than Wonder Woman, that's a pretty huge spectrum. I mean, because that's like, uh, I mean, there's a lot between uh, poop and the green grass that eventually comes from it. There, there's, a, there's a whole lot between the two. 
We will see whether or not it is it is a worthy movie. I will tell you tomorrow, and I won't give away spoilers. I won't give away spoilers. When we come back, I think it's time to purge the pervs from the Senate. We are learning that there is a fund within the Congress to pay out claims for sexual harassment and sexual assault. And they won't tell us which members of Congress or staff in Congress did this. This could be the check-kiting scandal. This could be a scandal that takes down the Republican congressman. This, this could be a very big deal if the Democrats played this card right, except the Democrats have been on it too. I wonder if Al Franken's on the list. We don't know, but I'll tell you what I do know when we come back. You know, the funniest thing about um, the Sal Gore situation, and yeah, there there is a level of humor and irony here, is Al Franken yesterday lectured uh, Justice Don Willett from the Texas Supreme Court uh, over an A-Rod joke. And Franken used his former position as an SNL comic and comedian to, to tell Don Willett that his humor wasn't funny. And shame on him. And he that he didn't believe him. When Willard explained his humor and what he was talking about, Al Franken didn't believe him. And you know what was interesting? Pay attention here. The, the two attacks leveled on Don Willett were on transgenderism and gay marriage by the Democrats using tweets of his. And now suddenly you've got... Um, Al Franken claiming, oh, well, I meant to be funny, but I guess it wasn't. Sorry she was offended. Um, it just, it's wonderful timing for that. Uh, the, the Bob Menendez jury has said it is deadlocked. And he has come out and said that he's going to remember the people who tried to destroy his career. And there's going to be payback. Uh, Way to be classy, Bob. But I don't want to talk about any of that. Because it appears that our Congress, Republicans and Democrats alike, have been paying people who were sexually assaulted, have been paying people who were sexually harassed who work for and around Congress. There is a secret fund that the Congress sets aside to do this. They quietly investigate. Everything is very hush-hush. No one talks about it. And they've been doing it for a long time. Y'all, this is in the 1990s. It turned out that there was a check-kiting scandal. Congressmen were writing checks to the Congressional Bank. They knew they didn't have the money for the checks. And they were getting the money. They were writing basically money to cash. And the Congressional Bank was giving them money, and they didn't have the money in their bank accounts for that cash, so they were just getting cash grabs from Congress of your tax dollars. It was the check-hiding scandal. Dan Rostenkowski was a ranking member of Congress who went to jail 
and it is what led the Democrats to lose the Congress after 40 years of control. And it makes you wonder how the Democrats play this up, and they might be able to play this up, except they can't because they've been complicit in it. Uh, on this topic, let's go to Robert in Covington. Robert, welcome to the program this evening. Thank you for taking my call, Eric. Uh, I just wanted to basically uh, dovetail into the conversation you're having right now about uh, this congressional fund. Uh, basically, I was listening to Laura England's program last night. And uh, she let go uh, pretty much a bombshell uh, about this $15 million taxpayer-funded uh, hush money type uh, of fund that is out there. Uh, she didn't get too much into, you know, where the money was or where in the budget it fell, but it was taxpayer-funded. I just wanted to get your take and ask you a question about uh, about what, where you think this is going in terms of, how and who owns the black book that all these names are written down in, how much money was paid out, what type of offenses do you think were going on, and then what do you think, what type of effect do you think this will have on the 2018 uh, midterms, if any at all? And, and, I'll, and I'll listen and see what you got. Well, listen, first of all, thanks for the question. And, and here's the thing. I don't think this particular situation will have a huge impact on 2018, although I do think the Republicans are looking at a massive Democratic wave in 2018. Uh, the data backs up that there's a Democratic wave coming. Um, in these off-year elections, that's a big red flag. Virginia tends to be a good indicator of how the next year is going to go um, because Virginia is still relatively split. It's not as blue a state as Republicans tend to assume these days, uh, even if the northern counties are. Uh, and it's going to be a bad thing for Republicans in the House, maybe not the Senate. Now, what happens with these funds? Well, it, remember, Article 1 of the Constitution, I believe it's Section 5, allows the House and the Senate to discipline their own members, and write their own rules of conduct and proceeding. So Congress falls outside of sexual harassment laws. They take care of it themselves. If you will recall in 94, those of you who were around, I was uh, 18 in college at the time, um, this was one of the damning indictments of the Republicans against the Democrats is the Democrats had exempted Congress from all these laws. Well, the Republicans really didn't unexempt them when they got power. So Congress patrols these things themselves. And what I'm being told and what reporter friends of mine are being told is that there are members of Congress who have sexually harassed other members of Congress. There are members of Congress who have sexually harassed and assaulted staffers. There are staffers who have sexually harassed and sexually assaulted other staffers. I am told that at least in one case, a staffer sexually harassed an elected member of the Congress. Now, why don't they get outed? Well, it is a different environment from here. And there are ranking staffers who have a lot of power. That if you are a low-ranking, newly elected member of Congress, you don't want to cross a staffer. See, I'm not a big fan of term limits for elected officials because I think that's what voters are for. I'm a huge fan of term limiting staffers. No staffer should ever get that much power that he can do that to an elected 
member of Congress, but it's happened, apparently, allegedly. But the big thing is these members of Congress. Um, it is often intra-party, and that's the problem. If a Republican harassed a Democrat on Capitol Hill, you would probably find out about that. If a Democrat harassed a Republican, it would be a big political issue. But if they're harassing within their own party, their leadership has a vested interest in making sure no one rocks the boat. And so these things get covered up. And it is your taxpayers paying for these things. I think it's time for Congress to have an accounting of what they're actually doing and why these stories are circulating. Some of them, I'm told, are quite horrific. It is 55 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Y'all, guess what? There's a new study out. And you're not going to hear a great deal of media conversation about it. It is a report published by the state of Texas from last year. Over a million people in Texas are licensed to carry a firearm and the state published publishes a report on the crimes they commit. In 2016, two were convicted of murder and another two were convicted of manslaughter. If they formed their own country, its per capita homicide rate would be about 0.4 per 100,000 residents. Britain has a 0.99 homicide rate for every 100,000 residents. In other words, Texas's legal and trained gun-owning population is safer than Britain's gun-free population. You have a higher chance of survival at a Texas gun show than you would on a British street. Now, you're not going to hear a lot about this. Did you, did you hear about uh, Joe Biden says no one should own semi-automatic weapons? That's right. You're, you shouldn't own a semi-automatic weapon. Joe Biden, the, the man who saved more people from dying in Texas, Joe Biden said he should not have had that gun. The, the gun owner says he had to have the AR-15 to stop the bad guy. Joe Biden says, nope, he shouldn't have had it. Shouldn't have done it. That's what they would have you believe, folks. It is not an ideology. It is a religion with dogmatic beliefs. After the hour, I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. A law firm has pushed aside their managing partner, female, and replaced her with a man. Mercedes Colwin is the law partner. She was the hiring, no, she's the managing partner for a big law firm. Um, the law firm, what is the name of the law firm? My goodness, I, Gordon and Reese, that's it. Gordon and Reese, big law firm. She was, uh, 
essentially the ranking part. The law firm, law firms partnerships, they have a managing partner. The managing partner is paid a little extra to manage the business of the law firm because law firms are businesses. And if all the lawyers are handling cases, well, then there's no one to handle the business other than the business manager. Uh, but for liability purposes, there's got to be a partner who manages the hiring and the firing of, of the associates. Usually there's a hiring partner and everything works through a managing partner who sets up a budget and oversees all the work and the budgeting for the year in the office and staffs and uh, insurance and all that. And Mercedes Colwin was the managing partner for Gordon and Reese. She has been replaced with a man. Do you know why she was replaced with a man? Because she went on Sean Hannity's program and had the audacity to tell an inconvenient truth. Yes, Hannity asked her a question. Do people do it for money, accuse others of sexual assault or harassment? Do people do it for money? Do they do it for political reasons? Is it more common than people think? Oh, definitely, she said. They will lie to make money, Hannity asked. Yes, undoubtedly. I mean, there are individuals who will come forward with these outrageous allegations, and they fall. I used to work in sex crimes in the DA's office. It was very pitiful to see that because some jurors don't believe it because they have in their own lives. There are people who have made these accusations for money. You see this time and time and time again in sexual harassment. That term is going everywhere. Frankly, the laws are very clear about what it takes to have some sort of violation of the law. You have to have some sort of damage. And these individuals, a lot of these women, it's all about money, and they bank on the fact that these corporations have the reputation that they want to save. And that is truth. It is truth. It is fact. I was a lawyer who handled sexual harassment defense, and several times I handled sexual harassment plaintiffs suing. I, I sued one of the major Fortune 500 companies in the United States of America for a woman who was badly harassed. And to convince other people that she was harassed was ridiculous because they assumed she was poor and black and had a had a child. The husband was nowhere to be found, and they, they just automatically assumed she's doing this for money. She wasn't. She was harassed. In fact, they wound up settling with us because they uncovered the key evidence of the harassment. But it happens. I've seen that as well. I have defended the state of Georgia in a case where an employee of the state was accused of sexual harassment and assault, and it happened to be a situation where he engaged in an inappropriate relationship with an employee of the state who he managed. It was a consensual relationship. And she did something wrong and got fired and by someone else and then accused him of sexual harassment or sexual assault um, to try to get money from the state. I have seen that. These things do happen. We should not dance around the fact that there are people who do this. And there's something else here that we should talk about related to this and all these cases we're seeing. First of all, let me tell you about this case that I worked on, I, 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 
should not give the name of the corporation, but I will tell you the fact pattern here. I had a client, well, I shouldn't say she's my client because I was an associate, so there was a partner, but his client, I, I ran the case for him. I was just out of law school, a conservative, skeptical of sexual harassment and, and racism claims and all that, and here comes this woman to our law firm, referred by someone else, who had had a, a, a illegitimate child, husband was no, he wasn't even married, out of wedlock, and... She said that the people at this corporation, because she was black and the man she had the baby with was white, they would refer to the child as a zebra child. And she said that one of the individuals there, if she was willing to, well, perform certain acts on him, he'd make it all go away. She refused. And then she got fired. And she sued. She came to us, and we were a firm that primarily did defense work. We didn't primarily do plaintiff's work, but she sued, and she was referred to our firm. Uh, this corporation had a facility where we were located. Uh, my boss was willing and able to handle these sorts of claims, so we did. And no one believed the client as she was not a credible person in the eyes of many people until in discovery. Discovery is the process where you get documents from the other side and whatnot, and they produced an in-house printed newspaper in which the individual who had told our client to perform certain deeds and he would make all this go away had congratulated her on the birth of her zebra. True story. Put it in writing, in print, in the in-house publication. She was well compensated by this corporation. Well compensated. He was fired. Deservedly so. And I will never forget how hard it was to convince other people, given her background and situation, that it was real, that she wasn't in it for money. So I, I know that people, as Mercedes Colwin was saying, uh, a lot of good people who are harassed and, and abused, uh, they don't get taken seriously because there are others who make it all up. And that's true, too. And I've seen that side of it as well. And this gets me back to the Mike Pence rule that is being brought up again by conservatives, often conservative females, saying, you know what, if guys did this, this wouldn't happen. And the liberal response has been repeatedly derailed on it. Well, that's just Mike Pence saying he can't control himself. And that's equality, equality. It's all about equality. We have to have equality, say the feminists. You know what? There are women who will sleep their way to the top. It is a fact in Hollywood, in Washington, and elsewhere. There are women who will sleep with others to get ahead, and there are men who will sleep with others to get ahead. And as long as there are people willing to sleep with others to get ahead, there is gossip and there is a rumor mill, and there are people who inappropriately or fairly get tarred and feathered. And if you are unwilling to meet privately with a member of the opposite sex, you require that the door be left open or someone else be present. It's not a matter of you being unable to control yourself. It's a matter of you being able to control the gossip and the rumors. 
It is a matter of you protecting yourself. It is a liability issue. I can't tell you how often I talk to pastors who say they absolutely fundamentally refuse to meet with a member of the opposite sex behind closed doors. Even in a counseling session, there's someone else present. There's The door is open. Because it's a protection for them, not for the woman, but it also is designed to make the woman feel comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And let's be honest here. I'm a guy. I know how guys talk to each other. You should hear the conversations that my producer and I have when no one is around. You really don't want to hear those conversations. And you want to, you want to demand equality for a woman and place a woman in a situation with guys behaving like guys where she's probably going to be uncomfortable. And what you're asking the men to do is not to behave as they would amongst themselves, but to behave as they would with the woman present. But if they do, well, then she's going to be able to say that there's a double standard because she's not treating them equal. If, if they treat her as an equal, well, she's going to be horrified and offended. And you're putting the man in a catch-22. You're also putting her in an uncomfortable situation. But the pants roll is sexist and all about No, 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 no. As long as there are people of both sexes willing to do bad things and willing to sleep with others to get ahead and willing to make false accusations to try to get ahead, it's something every single one of us should be adopting. There's nothing about equality here. It's about liability and protection in the 21st century in America where everybody can go out and hire a lawyer or get a TV crew together to ruin the reputation of someone else or make others feel uncomfortable. It should be common sense. Good grief, these numbers are staggering. The Congressional Office of Compliance has released a year-by-year breakdown of harassment settlements and awards. In 2007, it was $4,053,000. In 2002, it was $3,974,077. In 2017, uh, there have been eight settlements worth $934,754. 2016, there were 15, but only worth $588,000. Uh, in 2015, there were 13, 11 and 14, 14 and 13, 12 in 2012, 16 in 2011, 9 in 2010, 13 in 2009, 10 in 2008, 25 in 2007, <clears throat> when the Democrats control both houses of Congress. 18 in 2006, 14 in 2005. The lowest was in 1997, only $39,429 paid out. My goodness gracious, I'm assuming the Senate's involved. Uh, 3974000 in 2002. After the, you got the Democrats in charge of the Senate. I'm just thinking that was the era of Bob Packwood, who was a Republican. But you got Ted Kennedy there. Uh, you got Chris Dodd there. You got all these people there. Goodness gracious. We should know the names of the people. We have a right, because this is our taxpayer money being spent, uh, to settle bad behavior of members of Congress. We should be allowed to know who those people are. In fact, I think we ought to demand it of our members of Congress to expose these people.
just as we're coming back from break, my producer, he texts me, and I totally misread it at first. I thought he was telling me to stick my content somewhere. But no, I mean, he probably thinks that. Because you know why? Let, let's, let's play the sounder. Let's do it. Low T. I love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Yep, yep. We got him mad. You know, he, he, he thinks creatively when he's mad. That's, that's a good thing. Oh, yeah, now he's telling me I should move along. I mean, it, it, this this is not the low-T show. <laughs> okay, we are going to move along, though, because, well, uh, there is an article that is out circulating that Al Franken uh, tried to do a joke in 1995 about raping a sleeping Leslie Stahl. It was in a New York Magazine article that he made the comment, and uh, liberals are starting to turn on him ferociously. Ferociously. And they're doing it because it seems very obvious. Uh, How can they be taken seriously on Roy Moore when they're not policing their own house? And I have to tell you, this is something that I have said for a long time about conservatives that we've got to do a really good job of policing our own house because the other side will love to police it for us. And if we don't, the voters will ultimately hold us accountable. And we've got to be mindful of that. Uh, and this Al, Al Franken thing is going to be interesting to see what happens with it and whether or not there is an ethics investigation. And one of the key things there to pay attention to is that if there is an ethics investigation, it is Mitch McConnell... Uh, setting precedent that actions that happened prior to someone's entry into the Senate are actions that could get one expelled from the Senate. And it is not clear constitutionally if that would be a a go for the Supreme Court because the the Senate and the House, they've got rules that uh, allow them to control the behavior of their members, but can they retroactively behave, control the behavior of members who weren't members when the behavior occurred? And I don't know constitutionally that that would fly. We will find out. And I want to tell you about a developing story. And I swear to you that this story is politically motivated. And when I tell you, you're going to see, obviously, that it was politically motivated. I have been receiving... Breaking news alerts. I got one from CNN. I've got one now from the New York Times. I think there's a Washington Post one in here. Headline, breaking news, push alert from CNN. Keystone pipeline shut after leak. 210,000 gallons of oil have leaked from the Keystone pipeline in South Dakota, according to TransCanada. Breaking news from the New York Times. The Keystone Pipeline spilled 210,000 gallons of oil in South Dakota days before Nebraska will decide on permits for the Keystone XL Pipeline. They have every incentive to play up stories about the pipeline because the media doesn't want the pipeline. This is politically motivated is it news yes but you know sometimes this is one of the things i've discovered with the news we can determine whether or not there is a political agenda 
by the extent to which they cover the news. You know what I mean? You know, like, for example, when a Democrat does something bad, the media will report it and they'll put it on page C7 of the newspaper, right there before the remaining few classified ads. And then when a Republican says, hey, we, we haven't seen this, they'll say, well, yeah, yeah, it was in the newspaper. Did you not read the newspaper? But when a Republican gives somebody the stink eye, it's on A1 above the fold, the very first page of the newspaper with a great big photo, a headline, Republican scandal. It's what they do. It's how they cover it. I, and I have learned this over the years, being at CNN uh, for three years. I, I, I was at MSNBC back in 2004 before they really went aggressively, knowingly partisan. Uh, I've worked around newspapers and, and publications, and I can tell you it's not what is covered. It's how it's covered that matters. And the Keystone XL pipeline is something the media hates because there are all a bunch of liberals who don't want oil pipelines in this country. And so they are going to make this a huge story to try to scare, particularly because Nebraska, I mean, the New York Times gives away the headline right there days before Nebraska to decide on permits. This bill happens. You can bet your bottom dollar that this is going to get covered. Real quick, before, before we go to commercial, let me bring up the latest on the tax plan. The House has passed its tax plan. It was a very close vote. They lost some moderate uh, Republicans. I think there were one or two conservatives who didn't think it went far enough, and they voted in protest knowing it was going to pass. Uh, The move comes to the Senate. Um, The Joint Committee on Taxation, which is a bipartisan, really nonpartisan committee, uh, it, it casts doubt on the claim that the bill will be a great big win for everyone. Tax increases for households earning $10,000 $30,000 would start in 2021 and grow from there. By 2027, most Americans earning $75,000 a year or less would pay more in taxes, while people earning more than $100,000 a year would continue to get big tax cuts. That's from the Joint Committee on Taxation, uh, which is the nonpartisan analysis. Uh, most of the hit to poor and working class Americans would come from their push to insert a major health care change in the tax bill. The Republicans pay attention to this are repealing the requirement that all Americans buy health insurance or face a penalty. And that would lead to 13 million more uninsured Americans, according to the Congressional Budget Office. Many of those people are modest incomes and currently receive tax credits and subsidies from the government to help them afford the insurance. If the Senate GOP bill becomes law, premiums would rise and millions would opt not to pay insurance. So you got this. This is how they're saying there's a tax increase on the poor is that they would have the option to not get Obamacare. And since they would have the option to not get Obamacare, they would lose federal subsidies. And so because they would lose federal subsidies, they're considering that a tax increase because they wouldn't get the tax credits and they wouldn't get the subsidies. And so it would be a tax increase. Folks, in other words, their tax increase would be voluntary based on their behavior. If they kept Obamacare, they would keep getting the credits and the subsidies. If they get rid of it because it's too expensive, well, then their taxes would go up. But here's the kicker. They would not, their taxes would not go up as much as they would save by not getting an expensive Obamacare insurance plan. And the media isn't telling you that part. Orrin Hatch is willing to point it out. 
saying anyone who says we're hacking taxes on low-income families is misstating the facts. Obviously, we have no intention on raising taxes on those families. Every Republican on the committee has been committed to providing tax cuts. It is an accounting gimmick being misrepresented by the Congressional Budget Office. Yet again, the Democrats who run the CBO because the Republicans haven't cleaned that house up have a vested interest in making poor people think Republicans would raise taxes. setting up my iPhone 10, which from here on out, I'm going to call the iPhone X because they chose to give it an X and most people I think are going to call it the X and it sounds way cooler to call it the X than call it the 10 because there is no nine. There's just the eight. That's my view. Now, I am going to tell you guys tomorrow whether or not you should go see Justice League. Uh, and hopefully, well, I'll get up a review at the resurgent. You know, you can always go to the resurgent.com and you can get the, the show notes and podcasts by texting the word show to four, 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 nine, nine, nine. Uh, if you wish, I read a story today that you probably need to ponder. There are a lot of your, you have webcams around the house now. Um, cameras that are security cameras, observation cameras. There are street cameras. I mean, my God, go up the, the interstate or down the interstate on 75 and, and look at the security cameras, the observation cameras on the toll lanes. They're made in China, China, as the president says. And there's a growing concern. They may have surreptitious coding in them, uh, allowing the Chinese to observe you and observe traffic patterns, and observe security installations where these cameras are installed, I wouldn't put it past the commies to do something like that. I really wouldn't. And I'm starting to wonder if we as a nation need to get much more vigilant about electronics made in China, not from a trade perspective, but from a security perspective, because it seems to me that they could be hacking us, observing us, watching us, planning to blackmail us without anyone ever knowing. I'm more and more skeptical of China. I think we should all be.